0: You don't look under the internet. A place of fear, death,
1: mystery, and fun. But not that much fun. But a little fun. Sometimes we talk about chicken. Uh, but Demon Man does have a point. We mostly talk about internet mysteries, ARGs, and all sorts of spooks. And other times we make funnies, while also talking about Lovecraft, cryptids, and the occult.
2: But, but not, not serial killers. That dead horse has been beaten to a pulp. We do, however, uh, sacrifice an orphan to the internet after every episode.
3: But mostly,
1: we laugh. Of evil. We laugh laughs of evil. Ha 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 ha. I have never laughed evilly. I, it's not my nature. I don't think I can.
3: Listen to the podcast. Appease our masters.
1: My fiance? Yes, yeah, fiance? No one. Just fuck it. I'm gonna go collect some coagulated squirrel butt to
3: feed my children later. Oh, also, don't forget.
2: Hey guys, welcome to episode 12 of Unethical Podcast.
0: Little Miss Unethical.
2: Joining us again today is Rick Getz from Drunk Explain Podcast. And today we are going to dive into the Jean Benet Ramsey cover up. Welcome to Unethical Podcast. <laughs>
0: Ladies and these two dicks. Welcome to another Conspiracy Theory episode. Today is the Little Miss Unethical Pageant Special. (laughs) Welcome, listeners. Thank you all for being here today to support our contestants. Stay tuned. Find out who will be crowned the first... Little Miss Unethical. Let me first introduce Christy Jansen, former Miss Strao winner, not to be confused with Miss Australia, which is basically the same thing, only she had to funnel beers and wear boardies instead of bikinis. Christy will be assisting with our pageant today.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: I'm your host, Mr. Tally Hall. Let's begin the grand march of our lovely contestants. Contestant number one, Celeste Brown. Celeste has blue hair and green eyes. She enjoys speeding, owls, and the mountains. Hi, hello, hi. Contestant number two, Rick Gets. Rick has blonde hair and blue eyes. He enjoys drinking, working, and camping.
1: I don't have to beat out everyone, but I do have to beat out the other Richard.
0: Contestant number three, Richard Stoodle. Richard has no hair and hazel eyes. He enjoys comedy, board games, and being a jackass. Thanks for having me. We will start with our first question. What is the day after Christmas like for you and your family?
3: Uh, I remember as a kid, uh, it was the day we got to like sit down and play with all our toys and everything. It was like a free day. Uh, As an adult, it's now become like, let's go get cheap televisions, but we don't really do it as much as we used to, but it's, it's a boxing day, go shopping kind of thing.
2: First, we wake up and we go bother the minimum wage Starbucks employee. And then we go return the baby Jesus that we stole on Christmas Eve. And then
3: <laughs> where do you get the baby Jesus from? Like six towns over from the local nativity scene. <laughs> How big of a baby Jesus is it? Is it like put it in a stroller big or is it like it's just like a little bigger little, like, little than little an
2: letters. actual baby. It's like about the size of oh. <laughs> like a cocker <laughs> spaniel. Okay. Oh, sorry. We also go ice skating in the afternoon. Sounds like a good way to break an ankle. That's what you do. You go to the skating rink and you find the biggest guy in the yard and you kick him in the ankle with your skate. And that's how you do Boxing Day right.
1: So first off, I have never heard of the the term Boxing Day. Really? Um, So I guess I'm on culture. Is that a Canadian thing? Are we learning
4: something new here? So it originated in UK. The name comes from you use the day after Christmas to box up gifts and give them to the poor.
1: What is the 26th of December? Um, Because I don't remember it, which makes me think that it's mostly a recovery day for my family because we all just drink on the 25th.
0: Sounds like the good old family gathering we would all expect. Well, for the Ramsey family in 1996, the day after Christmas was a lot less routine that year.
4: Patsy Ramsey, wife of John Ramsey and former pageantry participant herself, woke around 5am to find a ransom note near the top of the staircase at the back of their opulent home. She then frantically ran about the house to alert her husband of the ordeal and to check on her two children. Nine-year-old Burke was located in his bedroom. However, six-year-old Little Miss pageant winner Jean Bonnet was nowhere to be found. Panic struck, Patsy phoned police to alert them of a kidnapping per the ransom note. She gave dispatch her address, then stated, there's a note here and our daughter is gone. Hurry, please.
0: The ransom note found at the top of the stairs read, Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign fraction. We do not respect your business, but oh, wait, we do respect your business, but not the country it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed. And if you want to see her in 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining 18, in twenty dollars bills. Make sure you bring an adequate size attaché to the bank when... When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier delivery pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you. uh, Do not particularly like you. So I advise you not provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement, countermeasures, and tax tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter. If you try to outsmart us, follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around. So don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. Victory! SBTC.
1: I don't know. The piece that immediately caught my attention was, if we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies.
2: I believe for me it was the adequately sized attache. And make
4: sure you're well rested. Make sure you're well rested because it's going to be very hard on you. So make sure you
3: care. Yeah. isn't that like such a random number like wouldn't you just be like $1,000,000 or you know it's such a random number why
2: 118 yeah like a middle class a middle class family could put together $118,000 if they had to a middle eight or a middle a middle class family could do that these guys are fucking loaded
3: no, that, this guy just wanted to pay his mortgage. He's like, that's all I need. <laughs> I just need the half the second half of my mortgage. <laughs> well, were there were there any other ransoms during the time that
1: asked for like such a weird amount? Because I feel like if people are trying to ask for a ransom, um now I, I'm 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 pretty big into listening to negotiation audiobooks. And one that I listened to is by Chris Voss, who is a former FBI negotiator. And one thing that he said is that people often come up with very specific numbers based on other things.
0: It was his Christmas bonus that year. It was John's Christmas bonus amount that year. Yes. So
3: that's, that's so specific that the person who did that knew how much money he made as a Christmas bonus. or already he tell everyone. I know that at Christmas party he was like 118K, what's up? He's high-fiving everyone he knows.
1: If I had to guess he was making around half a million dollars a year, that would be my guess based off of his bonus. Right, they they call it a Christmas bonus. It really is a year end bonus because he reached his achievements that are required by executive level employees. Um, just giving like a little insight from the business side of things. So, if I had to guess he was earning five hundred thousand dollars, it doesn't really make sense to only ask for 118,000.
2: No, because I mean, he was not even correct me if I'm wrong, he was not a young man, right? This he was
4: no 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 yeah at all. so he's been working um...
2: for a long 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 time so he would have a fat savings oh yeah they're loaded
1: account. these people are loaded it's definitely an educated person right because you have the every time that he he or she says she dies it's a comma she dies comma she dies people who are writing ransom notes are they're impulsive they're irrational they're not worried about the grammatical right writings Whoever wrote this was thinking about it. Oh, they thought about it ridiculously. They
3: thought about it long enough to write three pages. If it was someone just on the fly doing it, it'd be like, give me this much money, meet me there, wait for a phone call. It'd be like five sentences. This is three pages. That's nuts. Someone sat down and thought about it for sure.
0: Next question. If an investigation began in your home due to your child having gone missing, would you immediately start inviting your neighbors and friends
3: over for emotional support? am I inviting over? If my daughter's missing, am I inviting over all my friends? Maybe just maybe to get a search party going, but like not to just have like a bunch of people over hanging out unless you're trying to sully up the crime scene. Um,
2: no, no, I absolutely would not invite anyone over for moral support. I would, however, Invite them over for cigars and cocktails.
3: That's every day, though. We could do that any day. You know, we have to do that every day. Uh, Daughter goes missing or not, we're having cocktails and cigars. I understand that.
2: Plan a vacation, maybe. You know, babysitting costs just got cut in half. Oh, I'd go to Mexico, the side that's shitty now. (laughs) That's where I'd go.
1: Wait, which side is shitty now?
2: The middle. (laughs) Everything that's not on a resort. I'd get real genuine jungle tacos. Jungle tacos? Yes. What's
4: in them? Monkey
2: brains.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, is
2: that like... I ate Rogers monkey brains when I was in Mexico. There was a paella with did monkey brains. Did you actually eat monkey brain? It. it was good.
3: Yeah, it was oh, good. Okay, was it, did it, was it actually monkey brain? Or did they just like see a tourist and go like, you're eating monkey brains, $5 more now. Thank you
2: no it was like because like we went off the resort on like this thing this like jungle tour and in the middle of this jungle there's literally just this like hut and it's this woman sitting around like a fucking cauldron in the middle with like a fire (laughs) under it making paella and like the tourists can come in and get food from her if they want to and she has two cauldrons right she's got like um, vegetarian paella, and then she's got monkey brain paella, and you can choose whichever one you want. Those are the you only want. two and options? Like, yeah, yeah, there's the no brains.
3: option in the middle, like, not fucked up monkey <laughs> like brain chicken. One.
4: <laughs> No Chicken?
3: <laughs> I would
1: think monkey brain is
3: wow. harder to get than raising chickens. What about monkey arm? Like, why do we have to eat the brain? Like, if we're having a monkey, we got his arm too, you know?
2: And I can't imagine the brain would be very big, bro. I assume, because paella remember they're giving this to the tourist for like basically donation so a paella is basically just like a casserole of whatever the fuck is left over it's just like shit yeah. that they haven't used that they throw into a pot to make a paella and then the yeah. tourists can pay whatever they want for it and probably because they use the rest of the animal for my like wife calls food.
3: that a i my don't wife like calls it that a giblet when we get all the stuff from the fridge and just jam it into like a uh, pan and fry it all up. It's a French, she calls it. I don't know what f- French version of that. It's a giblet. So a paella is a giblet. I'm
0: like we better be lighting something up and smoking it if you're gonna call it that.
2: A giblet, a
3: I hope she when she listens the to the French term for blonde, yeah, she listens to this, she's gonna know because I always make fun of Giblot. It's a funny word. So I,
1: I think I'm a bad person to ask this because if it were me, I would immediately start trying to like do my own investigation and go find this person. Um so I would not be around f-
3: settle down, yeah, Liam be the first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I that I would be me. I, I would not <laughs> rely on other people. Um, I would see what I can do online. Um yeah, I would see what I could find myself.
0: That's fascinating. Patsy did exactly that. Brunch mimosas,
3: am I right? I guess if you're a rich Karen, fuck, I guess so. Like, what was the year?
0: Nineteen Yeah, Jean Benet would have been a year older than me to this day
1: if she were still alive. I was born in ninety-six. Yeah.
2: Somebody get this man a juice box, <laughs> baby boy. <laughs> Minute maid. Okay.
1: Anyway.
4: Not, not only did she invite everyone and their mum over during the search for jean Bonnet, police allowed the entry and exit of many people over the course of several hours. When police and detectives first searched the home, they were unable to substantiate that the home was a crime scene, meaning no signs of ransacking nor a break-in were found. Uh, Boulder, Colorado PD later stated that the department was short-staffed that day due to holiday, and most of the force had zero homicide cases in their backgrounds. After lead detectives had searched the home, Detective Linda Arndt was left with the Ramseys and the other gatherers. At this time, Patsy and her pals cleaned up the kitchen where the killer allegedly sat and wrote the ransom note. Mediocre Detective Linda noticed a heightened agitation in the father, John Ramsey, and instructed him and neighbour, Fleet White, to search the house for anything that is out of, that was out of place or missing. With little to go on, Detective Aunt examines the ransom note, which appeared to be the only piece of evidence around. This is when John located JonBenet's deceased body in a semi-hidden wine cellar. She was found clothed in a pink shirt and black pants, with duct tape over her mouth, and her body was wrapped in a white blanket. Head was visible and brutally wounded. The cause of death was strangulation with a shoelace and garrote made from Patsy's broken paintbrush. John stated he ripped off the duct tape before scooping his lifeless daughter up in his arms and carrying her to the living room to display her body in front of the Christmas tree for all guests and detectives to see. Patsy then collapsed over Jean Benet, wailing in agony, rocking the murdered child back and forth in her arms, thus ruining all forensic evidence that could ever have led to the
2: actual killer. I I just have a real quick question. The detective, who is there to investigate, hung out in the kitchen, doing essentially nothing, and sent Mm -hmm. the father and some fucking guy to go and do the investigating, the actual job of the police.
0: Uh, lead detectives actually searched the house prior, and no body was found anywhere. Uh, they but they never looked in that wine cellar. They never looked in that wine cellar because it was like it was like one of those wooden doors that
3: slid rather than opened.
1: Ours looks like a bookshelf, so it's very hidden. If you don't know it's there, you won't. You would never open it.
3: Yeah, if you got the cops in your house, though, looking around, you could tell them there's a wine cellar downstairs like you would think of, would you like that's a place that would be hidden to someone if you didn't. Oh, if you wanted them to find it. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, if you wanted them to find it. Sure.
2: But the detective sent John and some fucking guy, not John and a cop. His neighbor, Fleet White, where the family was at the night before
1: i would like to i'd like to know the timeline between him, them supposedly finding the note inviting the people over and then finding the body like what's the how many days
0: several hours from
4: like 8 a.m to 5 Yeah, Patsy found the ransom note at about 5 a.m so wait
1: like 8 a.m note so but there's a note invites people over body found
0: he was found in the evening and the body where, was wait, found wait, 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 where were they
1: where were they all morning if they find it at in 5 a.m. In the kitchen.
0: A.m. Having mimosas and brunch. So
1: yeah. the note was found in the house. They were in the house. What kind of clue fucking shit is this? Yeah. Tra- are they trying to pin it on their neighbors? Everyone
0: was the suspect. They did at one point, yes.
1: They did try that?
0: Yes. But never themselves. Patsy never said it was John. And John never said it was Patsy. But they said it was all sorts of other people. She said John Bonet didn't do this. I didn't do, the, or John Ramsey, she calls him, in the investigation, didn't do this. I didn't do this. We don't have a clue who had a thing to do with we it. We
1: don't have Quote a unquote. clue who had a thing to do with it. That is what we call a qualifying statement, where you say the same thing twice to make it seem like if it's longer, you're telling the truth. That makes me think she's lying. That doesn't mean whether or not she is telling the truth or not, but that's a very common I love how Celeste just gets wide eyed like holy shit why did he just say that (laughs) but that's a very common
0: private dick is on the case I love I love this guy
1: (laughs) yeah so that's yeah that's called a qualifying statement it's so Bill Clinton did the same thing in his speech about Monica Lewinsky when he said no I never told anyone to say that so no never is a very common qualifying statement so Patsy just did the same thing but in a different way So when people say the same thing twice, it's because they're trying to elongate their statement to make it seem like if I say more, I'm not lying.
0: Side note, the original Unsolved Mysteries had been airing every week for nearly 10 years at this point. We all know to preserve the
3: crime scene. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, for sure. So do they, Kate? We knew this already. They knew this. They knew not to fucking get everyone involved if they wanted us to be serious. So let's just take that. That's like an old thing. It's not like Unsolved Mysteries for sure. But I mean, we all knew that before Unsolved Like maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, did they know for...
0: But 10 years is Yeah, for sure. For... It was airing for 10 years at this point.
3: Yeah, and everyone watched it. It's not like nobody watched fucking Unsolved Mysteries. Probably one of the most uh, well-watched shows during that time, I would imagine. I know I, Walt, my whole family watched it every week, right? Yep. Um, so, oh, do yeah. they know for a... F- I watched it with my mom all the time. Do they know for a fact that that uh, ransom note was written in the kitchen? Like, they know that it was written there or wasn't brought with them? How do they know that? Do, they, do you know how they know that?
0: Okay. Um, so, the ink was matched to a pen found in the home. And the parchment was found in a notepad, also located in the home.
3: Okay. So, so they, they know that. They probably know it right away like they knew that the day they saw the note it was written here one word
1: crossed out through the out the entire thing and it is where they talk about if you get the money earlier you will get an earlier pickup but right before pickup they have delivery crossed out <laughs> and what i'm thinking is if it's someone who's involved in it but they're close to the family and you're writing it out and you're saying there's going to be a delivery you then realize well shit we can't deliver her because we need to be there for it. So let's make it a pickup. Why Why would you change those words if you're someone ransoming them out? It doesn't matter if you change it later. I mean, you're already saying, hey, if you get the money early, I'm going to get you earlier. You can change whatever yeah. you want.
2: Did at any point, do we know? Because I find it highly doubtful that they wouldn't recognize that it came from their own their own journal or their own pen or whatever. I just find that unlikely. Did they bring it up at any point that it was that it was obviously written here?
0: They never offered information at all. Son of a bitch. They were tight lipped and stayed in separate rooms from each other so that like they couldn't they wouldn't like give off vibes. John and Patsy stayed in separate rooms from each other. Burke stayed in his room he was the
2: entire time. He was made
4: to stay in his bedroom for the entire time. Nobody
2: consoled their fucking child at any... Nope. That's nice. That's super <laughs> nice of them.
3: Play Sega Genesis. Play your Sega Genesis. Mommy and Daddy have for things sure. to do.
2: Sega Jet Gen- Was that
3: 1996? <laughs> uh, it was probably out before that because I was playing it in
0: 96 for sure. I loved those things. Yeah, maybe. Big fat... Like, I had, like, a sensory thing, so I loved holding those, like, <laughs> Big bet, game consoles.
3: Uh, so my other question is, when they're cleaning up the house, were the cops there, letting just watching them clean the house? Like, oh, make me a sandwich too. I got, I got some investigate to do. Yep,
0: police allowed the entry and exit of all neighbors and friends
3: yeah so they watched the, like this is what i'm trying to get at with the unsolved mysteries thing the cops whether they had unsolved mysteries or not know not to clean up a fucking site you morons i, I these bothers me so much that the cops were there i didn't i knew they cleaned up but i didn't know the cops were around like watching them do it and being like oh, "Go."
0: Good- it was one it was linda arndt that was like left to like clean up the shit yeah So she was just doing like the minor detail work.
3: And then they find her, bring her, and display her in front of the Christmas tree. What the fuck is going on? To me, I think about that in the same way that
1: it's like, yeah, acting. The elongation of a sentence is the same way of like, you're going to try and draw out that event.
0: Next question. If your child was murdered,
3: would you cooperate with police to help catch the killer? Absolute fucking lutely. I'd help every person who said I will help you. And I'll be like, sure, let's cooperate. I'd cooperate with anyone willing to help me, including the police, first and foremost, the police. Anybody who wouldn't probably has something to do with it. No. No.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Get my kid back. Or I guess they're already, he's already dead at this point. Find out who killed my kid and then call me when they are in prison. If you ask me to go to trial, I will kick you in the dick.
1: So trying to get into the mind of John Ramsey, a guy who was probably 40 years old, making half a million dollars a year. forty. Um,
3: His company just a couple days before made a billion dollars. They finally got through a billion dollars. I don't think he was making a half million. I think he was making more than that. But Just so you know, he was super rich, like loaded. They just made a billion dollars at their company. Sure, sure. But I'm just thinking like, so I'm
1: sure he makes money other ways, but salary wise, what he was getting off of that. So, yeah, let's just say, you know, millionaire making a whole bunch of money. My guess is the way that he responds is if he's innocent, very angry, very hostile with the police. How dare you don't know something? You should know something um, because that's I mean, someone has money. They're not going to be cooperative. They're going to see they're going to want to be cooperative to begin with, but it's going to continuously get heightened. Um, and he's going to be very competitive, but at the same time, someone who's guilty is going to do the same thing. So I feel like it's kind of hard to judge. Like he has one of those weird backgrounds and personalities that I feel like he would just argue with the police.
2: I agree, but I also feel that, um, again, because he's loaded and shit, 118 grand is literally fucking nothing to this man. I think he would not call the cops. He would follow the le- the thing to the letter. Because what the fuck else would he possibly care about at this point besides getting her back? I think he'd just flat out follow the instructions. Ridiculous.
1: So I just want to, I want to advertise this for everybody. You should always call the cops. Okay, even if you have the money, call yep. the cops because people are irrational and what you want is a professional negotiator in there. So God forbid anyone ever listens to this and their child gets kidnapped, call the cops. Even if you have the money, just get ready to pay it.
2: Yeah, but if the instructions, like if I got this this letter and the instructions specifically said, I'm going to kill him if you call the police, I'm not calling the police. I'm not doing that's it. That's the first no thing No way, dude. dude.
3: See, I still would. I still would. Yeah, but you don't have kids. You don't have, do you have a kid? But even, even
1: if, even if I had kids, the first thing you do is call the cops. Cause so the the thing that you have to understand is all people are irrational. All of us in here, every single person is irrational by default. So I can't assume that if I give them the money that my child's still alive. So the first thing I would do is call the police to make sure that I get someone on my side that is thinking through it. Cause you have the whole force of whoever you bring in to think. Even if I
2: don't think he's still Um, alive though, even if like Even if I gave them all the money and then I found out they'd already killed him, I'm not gonna miss the money. But if I called the cops and found out he's dead, you bet your ass I'm gonna fucking blame myself till I die. So I'm
1: I'm thinking I'm thinking of it differently. I'm not thinking the child is already dead. I'm thinking if I don't get the police involved and I negotiate it in the wrong way and I give them the money in the wrong way, the child will die after the fact. But if the police are involved and there's a proper negotiator involved, they can actually talk the person down and make sure that the child is given. Cause I mean, if it's someone who is inexperienced or doesn't know how to do it or emotional, because if it's your child, you will be emotional. If you just give them the money and walk away, you may never see your child again. If someone who is trained how to do some sort of negotiation is there, you may get out of it properly. Now, I mean, it all depends on who is on the other end and what their actual motive is, but
3: Yeah, I was going to say, you're saying, Mr. Getz, that everyone in this room right now is (laughs) irrational and you're putting the most rational argument towards what you're saying. So like if you had kids, you're going to be irrational and listen to the notes so they don't die. You don't want your kids to die. You're not going to go like my rational brain says this because I'm irrational. What you're saying is like an oxymoron. It doesn't make sense what you said. This goes back to the, the idea of like the psychopathy
1: theory, right? Like where we are all inbred of psychopaths and we don't actually think rationally, but we, our baseline makes us think that we are rational. So not to, not to do a call back to the last episode I was in.
2: (laughs) Okay. But so Richard, I want to know, like, would you, if the note said, I will kill your child. If you call the cops, will you call the cops?
3: I, I probably, okay. Here's the, here's the simple answer. Probably not. If I had the money, if I didn't have the money, I'd have to call the cops and $118,000. I'm sorry. I don't know if I could pull that together, but there'd be a lot of questions anyway, and it would take me a couple of days. I might as well call the cops. So probably I would call the cops. That's the way I would think about it. It's like, if I had the money, I'd just go get it. Boom. Why am I calling the cops?
0: Can I throw in a reminder real quick? Yeah. They said that a phone call, the ransom note said a phone call was supposed to take place between 8 and 10 a.m. that day. Yeah. The phone call never happened.
2: But they'd already called the cops. Exactly. Why would the kidnappers, you've already blatantly disobeyed their instructions. Why the fuck would they call you if this was real? Yes. yes.
1: Let me throw a loop into this. If you have a friend who is a cop and you can call them personally, do you loop them in?
0: No. No. Yes.
1: Yes. I would as well, I would, that's where I would start. So I have a, I have a very good friend who is a cop and I would call him and I would say, this is the situation and that's how I would start. And then I would let it grow to the level that it grew to.
4: Okay, well, if I had um, direct access to that much money instantly, I would make sure that that money was ready to go and all that stuff was taken care of. And then I would involve the police but I wouldn't call the cops and wait around for them to fucking get to my house. Cause it's a Christmas holiday, right? People are fucking around like they they're doing their own thing with their families. For me, I would get, I would have that money ready to go instantly. Then I'd call the cops and be like, look, this is happening. The money's ready to go. This is what we need to do. This is what I'm doing. So I would have that extra backup there, but, I also wouldn't be sitting around on my ass waiting for someone to come and help me.
0: Wow!
4: Mere hours after finding his daughter murdered in their home, John trotted off to his office where investigators followed to question him further. They overheard John speaking on the phone regarding travel plans. Detectives explained to John that he, he and his family must stay in Boulder while they continue their investigation. The seemingly callous parents agreed to stick around. However, both John and Patsy immediately sought legal counsel, each hired separate lawyers, and refused to speak to police on their own volition. Friends, neighbors, and relatives of the Ramses suddenly stopped speaking to police as well. A Haiti funeral was banned, and poor little Jean Benet was buried on the 31st of December in 1996, just mere five days after her body was found
2: why call the police why bother I guess because you have to because if you don't call the police then that's probably a crime I have no idea I
4: don't know is it is it a crime that if you don't you don't call them if you're being threatened
2: no I think it's a crime if you find your girl your little girl's
3: body, and then then don't call call.
4: yes I think so (laughs) where's your kid oh she was dead so we just buried her
3: Sorry, we're, I was supposed to tell you guys. Oops, my bad. Yeah, sorry. My dad. I like how they lawyered up with different lawyers. That's kind of fucking uh, interesting, right? Or if one lawyer, I wonder
1: if the lawyer for him was from his company and she had to have a
3: personal lawyer. This is this is the most suspect part to me is like, it's your kid and you didn't do anything wrong and you want to help. Why the fuck are you getting your lawyer involved and then not talking at all? Like it's
1: it's messed up. I will say for the U.S. justice system, even if you're not guilty, you should always have a lawyer.
3: They they got lawyers and then never talked. Didn't even put statements out through their lawyer, which that's the part that I'm like, that's super suspect. Like if you're gonna get lawyers right away, sure, but at least you guys are gonna try and help. But if you guys are just shutting up, that's what a guilty person does to get off of murder or whatever. Or
2: yeah, but or a grieving person. That's what a grieving person does because it's too hard to face. You know, you can't you can't just flat out say you know, this, they're doing this because they have something to hide is because you can always fall back on, well, everyone grieves differently. You know, it's like a safety net in this situation for grieving parents and especially guilty parents is well, everyone grieves in their own way.
3: I I was grieving so hard that I just decided to let this investigation go to shit. That's how I grieve. I'm not going to let anybody investigate it properly. I grieve differently. It's a stupid excuse. If that's what their excuse was like, come on.
2: I don't know. I don't know if Jack was murdered, if I would really have it in me, because at that point he my child's already gone he's the only thing in the world that I cared about why I don't have the energy to relive it every goddamn day
3: it's been 25 years
2: it's been 25 years
1: different though you're not you're not a nuclear millionaire family in 1996 America
2: I guess like
1: (laughs) I think it's just like perspective wise they don't give a shit about anyone except themselves Mm -hmm. even their own children I mean how they put their yeah. child into beauty pageants they don't care about her
3: mm-hmm. no the mom was a beauty pageant winner so she was like time to relive
2: the youth yeah, yeah it was like a doll
1: I'm so obsessed with that ransom note
2: I- <laughs> we, we know we've seen you sitting there analyzing it since we started
3: do you ever do you ever uh do you ever watch the show Sherlock? I have seen it multiple
1: times, yeah.
3: Yeah, you're like, you're going into your mind palace right now and just figuring it out.
1: (laughs) You joke. You joke. It works quite well.
3: Someone
2: get this
0: man a Watson. Next question. Are you at all squeamish or unable to handle graphic details of an autopsy report?
3: No, I actually kind of find it very fascinating. So it's actually a weird thing I just do on my own. Just look at autopsy reports of weird cases. (laughs) Speaking
2: of uh, doing things on my own, never in my adult life had I had an orgasm until I saw the autopsy report of Kobe Bryant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kobe? Kobe! Was he better in half?
2: Did he look better in half
4: than he did as a
2: whole He was missing a bunch of parts. So so many parts.
3: No brain. He had had
2: charring and slippage.
1: Mm. Listen, We just we just drink in our podcast. We don't get this unethical. I mean, we say dumb things, but wow, that Kobe comment really threw me for a loop. So good for you. Why are you Um, encouraging her? No, I'm saying I'm saying I don't I don't normally break.
4: That's why we have guests. We bring you guys on so we can do this to people.
1: Uh, (laughs) Oh yeah yeah, I would be fine with the uh, autopsy report um, if it were not my own child. That would that would I. Well, I'm about to read it to you so.
0: Great, because that was your warning.
4: The autopsy of Jean Bonnet showed that she was still alive after the traumatic blow to the head by a blunt object, however, likely unconscious. The death ruling was homicide by asphyxiation. There was no semen located on scene nor on the body. However, a blood mixture was found on the victim's underwear, which matched Jean Bonnet's blood and an unidentified male's blood. Due to old and or healing vaginal wounds found, sexual assault could not be ruled out of the autopsy report. The most significant clue was the undigested pineapple chunks in her stomach. This means that she ate the pineapple just before her death. No one in the Ramsey family can recall Bonnet being given pineapple that night, but a bowl of pineapple was on the table the day police inspected the home. However, John allegedly brought her straight to bed after the neighbour's party around 9:30 p.m. Christmas Day. As they stated she was already fast asleep upon arriving home. This leads to the theory that whoever the killer was woke her from her bed, led her downstairs for a snack, and then ultimately her death. Suspicious marks were also found on John Bonet's back and face that resemble a stun gun. Some say it could be from a toy Train track piece from Burke's train set found in the home at the time of the murder.
1: Tell me, tell me more. Tell me more about the the, the neighbor's Christmas party. That's
4: oh, okay. Uh, we got so, uh
0: Christmas Day, so December twenty fifth, nineteen ninety six. Uh, the Ramsays, um John, Patsy, Burke, and John Bonet went to their neighbor's house, the Fleet, and whatever his wife's name's White. So they were there from about 4.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. that day. And there were no suspicious, nothing noted from the neighbors on like something they do every year. But
1: it, it was at a neighbor's house. Did all of the all of the Benet family leave yes. at the same time? Do we know yes. that?
0: They all arrived home together. John was holding John Benet. Patsy put Burke to bed and John put John Benet to bed who was already, they say, asleep.
2: So the theory is that Somebody coaxed her into the basement with pineapple. There was a bowl
4: in the kitchen, on the kitchen table of pineapple chunks. Um, But they don't know at what stage she ate them because like John said, he put her straight to bed. She was already asleep. But then at the autopsy, the undigested pineapple was found in her stomach and the bowl was on the kitchen table.
3: How do they have, if these girls were cleaning up, how is there a fucking bowl still left out? They clean up everything but the fucking bowl?
0: It was just sitting there the whole day. So like body cam, or not body cam, but I think it was just like handheld cameras at that point. But obviously an investigator had one and you see it like when he's zooming the table.
2: Okay, but that kind of lines up. Like, I don't know what kind of patriarch. John is but I mean John says he put John Mm Bonet to bed and then he went to bed or whatever but his DNA wasn't found on that bowl so I mean it's not I mean I'm not married but like I could totally see me being the kind of mom that's like you know what come on kiddos like let's go have a snack together while like just don't tell your dad like kind of thing Mm -hmm. we'll go have a snack together like I mean I that doesn't Uh, you know, unless I if Patsy confirmed it, I guess I don't know. I that doesn't take 20 to 40
1: minutes to digest, by the way. What does, if anyone's curious, fruit takes 20 to 40 minutes to digest, depending on the fruit?
2: I was happier before I knew that,
3: yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that
1: now, now you have to think about the timeline, right? So she, I'm gonna say within 30 minutes, she was ate the pineapple within 30 minutes, was killed.
0: That is what autopsy or the ME medical examiner said also mm-hmm.
1: i'm just saying if if my child is missing the first thing i do is check the entire house i don't give a shit if it's the wine cellar i don't care if it's the attic i check everywhere so to me to me the family the family did it right the question is who all i'm saying is strangulation is a very male murder-esque type of it's also
0: a very good way that to cover me tells
1: it up. me it's the father
2: well i mean yes the scene looks inherently sexual the scene, the act of strangulation in and of itself is, inc- is an incredibly sexual method of murdering somebody.
3: Yeah, and there's blood in the underwear and stuff. Yeah, like,
2: there was blood in the underwear, whether or not choking is also how you get a kid to stop crying.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> there are
0: other ways. Again, but I'm I'm mean, you know what I'm saying? Shaking. Like, why Why won't you stop With a
3: crying? Garotte, though? With a shoelace and a garage.
2: Yeah. It's like dad going and like, well, I'm making a big scene about getting the belt to spank them, you know, like they're, if they're actually want to spank you, they're going to just spank you with their hand yeah. going and getting the belt is the scene. What is she like taking a shoelace and going like, if you don't stop <laughs> crying, she's rubbing around her paintbrush. Yeah. Like what?
3: Yeah. It's, uh, it could be a way to shut your kid up. But I mean, I figure like there's uh, a lot more f- that's, that's measured. When you get a shoelace and a garrote, that is a measured way. That's you thought about how you're going to do it. You did it.
0: Moving on. <laughs>
3: would you use media outlets to
0: proclaim your innocence to your own child's murder?
3: No. I don't trust the media. They'd say, they'd fu- I'd be like, I didn't kill her at all. And they'd be like, I killed her. They'd take that one section where I said, I killed her. I didn't kill her at all. And they'd be like, I, and then cut out and then kill her.
2: Why would I have to? I have a podcast.
1: Um. From their perspective, I would. They were wealthy, well known in the community. Um, the first thing I want to do is is make a statement about it.
0: Incredible! The Ramsays never learned not to do that.
4: A week after Jean Bernay's murder and subsequent funeral service, John and Patsy hire a media coach and go on national TV to ask the public for help in capturing the killer of their beloved tiny beauty queen. Patsy is clearly being coached by John when she struggles to remember what is believed to be rehearsed for the cameras. Patsy stumbles over her words and begins to pageant cry, which is worse than crocodile tears because crocs can actually cry. You can then clearly see John leans towards her and whispers, keep your babies close to you. And Patsy says the words aloud. There were no visible tears in either parent's eyes.
0: Patsy should have eased up on the pills and liquor before this interview.
4: Yikes. Four months after their 15 minutes of fame, the Ramsey couple finally agreed to be interviewed separately by investigators. In this interview, Patsy messed up and says she changed into pajamas Christmas night when they returned home. Then stated she put the same clothes back on the next day before finding the note. This could mean that Patsy actually just stayed up all night and that is why she was wearing the same outfit. Both John and Patsy have the exact same story leading to suspicion that it was rehearsed once again. Also, Patsy is very detailed in her recollection of the events leading up to the discovery of jean JonBenet's body. Does that remind you of anything? Forensic handwriting analysis of the ransom note had been completed prior to questioning from handwriting samples provided by both John and Patsy. However, when investigators asked Patsy to write $118,000 numerically, she wrote out the words $118,000 and played dumb in order to not be forced to rewrite it. A diversion tactic from Patsy perhaps, or just another misconstrued detail to this awfully tragic case. The ransom note was three pages long, oddly precise with the instructions and handwritten in black magic marker ink which forensics matched to a pen that was located in the Ramsey home. The parchment used was also found to belong to the Ramseys. John was ruled out as the author of the note. However, there were over 200 similarities between Patsy's writing and the ransom note. The first page appeared to be written slowly and meticulously, where the second and third pages appeared to be written more fluently and naturally. Handwriting experts say, that this could be an attempt to disguise the handwriting. Patsy's A, E, B, and Qs were the biggest giveaways. Patsy's lowercase Qs resembled eights.
0: She slurs worse than I do during this investigation. Again, easy on the sauce, dearie. Eh?
3: Was she was she seriously fucked up during that interview? Because that's hilarious. Like, can you tell she's? But to, but
1: to me, if she's wasted, that yeah. is a mourning mother not somebody yeah. who is trying to learn how to lie.
0: Oh, it's not the father saying you need to be a little less lucid for this shit.
1: Christy, can you go back over what letters were the dead giveaways?
4: <laughs> um, her A's, E's, B's, and Q's.
1: No, it's about the F. That look, I mean, if you look, I'm, I'm urging the listeners to look up this note and look at that F. But every single F is exactly the same. It all looks like an uppercase F, which is, I mean, it's a—it's an instinctive way of writing it and it doesn't look like it's purposeful. And I,
0: well, Rick, you can call Gina Wood with the Colorado police department yeah. and ask her about it.
1: This, this is,
0: she's the one who analyzed
2: the note.
1: Yeah. I'll talk to her.
2: Her outfit. The thing that stands out to me the most there is that first of all, she gets up boxing day So this is the day after Christmas. This is like the day where you spent the last like at least two days fully enthralled in social commitments and stuff. It's like a day off, a day to chill. And she gets up not only at five o'clock in the morning where she found the note. That's like fucking really early. But she gets up at five o'clock in the morning and she puts on clothes and not only just clothes, but she puts on party clothes because they had just gotten home from
4: a party for sure. Yeah. So it's not like it's just trackies and a jumper. It's literally like she would have been wearing a nice, you know, in the, in the late nineties, probably like a fancy pants suit or something. So
2: yeah. If she'd gotten dressed at that time in the first place, okay, fine. She is, you know, obviously very vain and stuff. I buy that she gets up in the morning and does her makeup and probably showers every day and puts herself into a fresh outfit before she even descends the grand (laughs) staircase. But On Boxing Day, like, why aren't you just in your pajamas? Why are you up Mm. at five o'clock in the morning? There's just so much. That's yeah, that's that's super sus. That's really sus.
0: Further question: How much would you offer as a reward to catch the person or persons who murdered your child?
1: To answer your question, so the first thing that I will say is, knowing how much they make, there's there's no amount of money. One hundred eighteen thousand dollars is nothing. Like I'd be like, all right, you want half a million dollars? Take it, whatever. Do
4: you have a quarter of a million dollars? Because that's a really good thing to tell my daughter's friends. If you could give that much money away. (laughs) that
1: (laughs) I'm assuming that he does.
3: I tell him I'd shout them out on our uh, social media. I'll shout you out on social if you give me some hints. That's what I give.
2: For me, for information on my son's killers, not a fucking dime. Because again... He's already gone. I don't give a shit who did it. I just, I don't give a shit about anything at this point. My kid's gone. Literally nothing. A human will probably never speak to me again.
0: Super! Somewhat reasonable responses.
4: Uh, Sometime in May 1997, John and Patsy appeared on camera once again. Only this time, both were much more composed and prepared to answer all questions. In this interview, Patsy held up a sheet of paper with a photo of one of jean JonBenet's kindergarten photos, along with an offering of $100,000 for, quote, information that leads to the capture and conviction of the killer of their child, end quote. Again, a pretty precise way to explain something like that, right? police decided to counteract with their own press conference explaining to the public that the Ramses remain as suspects in their daughter's murder. This was a tactic in hopes that it would pressure the Ramses to confess. However, this did not work and John and Patsy never broke character.
2: I don't think this was character. I think this is just kind of who they are to be honest.
3: Yeah, I think it's their lawyers just super guiding them. Like they're these lawyers know not to say a fucking word, even if, especially if they're guilty. Shut the fuck up. Do not say a word.
2: Are you okay over there, Rick? You don't look like you're doing so hot.
3: I am holding in. I am I
1: am holding in something that I want to share so badly.
2: Oh, God. He's got intellectual blue balls. I feel,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's too soon to, like, crack it open. But I have, like... Premature, in fact? I'll explain. I'll explain it when I get to it. I don't want to get too far ahead.
2: Next question.
0: How would you expect a murder investigation of a six-year-old child beauty pageant winner
2: to end?
3: With like a teddy bear and some fucking lollipops and a high five? I don't fucking know how to answer that question.
2: Not with a fizzle, but with a bang.
3: Oh my god. <laughs> the old Kurt Cobain theory, it's better to burn out than to fade away.
0: It's all terrible. Quite an abysmal show.
4: Several months after the murder of the child beauty pageant winner, a man named Lou Smith decided to come barreling out of retirement to exhaustively investigate the case. Lou's 30-year law enforcement career consisted of a 100% conviction rate of over 200 arrests, like he was pretty good at his job. Lou discovered a broken window near where Jean Bonnet's body was found. John told police he had broken it a while ago and just never repaired it. That's how you get intruders. That's how you get ants. Uh,
0: That's lollipops (laughs) and gum wrappers.
2: No, floor level windows that are broken. That's how you get ants. It was originally thought by police
4: that an adult body wouldn't be able to fit through this broken window. But Lou climbs right through it. Alas, providing new sources and the viewers with the intruder theory. It was noted in the initial search that cobwebs and leaves in the windowsill and on the gate leading to the window were undisturbed. This led to extreme controversy on the conflicting theories on whether someone in the family or an intruder had killed John Bernay Ramsey.
2: I've got a question. This was December. Wouldn't they know if there were footprints leading to a side window?
1: If there was fresh snow, it was covered up. And if there wasn't snow, then the ground is so frozen solid that there's no footprint.
3: Lou came out of fucking retirement for this. Okay. Lou, Lou had a hundred percent arrest rate. Okay. Lou came out of retirement for this shit. Okay. Lou is like, all right, I guess I'll get up and I'll solve this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he went there. The first thing he looked for was fucking footsteps. Okay. If Lou tells us that yeah. there's no footsteps or there was footsteps, I'm going with Lou 30 years experience working I thought in Colorado this was like 100%. Four months
2: later. He came out of retirement.
3: Yeah. He's fucking yes. Lou though. Lou doesn't need yeah. Lou just tasted the fucking sand around where the, the window was the little of that. And he was good to go. He didn't need any of this yeah. four months means nothing to Lou. Lou could do that 30 years from now. And he would know there was no footprints.
2: Okay, all right. I just looked at the crime scene photos. There was so piles on either side of the driveway, but no standing snow. Green Christmas is is just unholy.
4: No. It's got to be hot. You got to be outside in the pool.
2: No! And you know what else is fucked? Australians go to the beach and eat fish and chips. That'd be like us sitting in a field of cows and eating a steak. <laughs> stop
0: and that concludes part one of our little miss unethical pageant thank you contestants for joining us today you all did a wonderful job the winner of this year's little miss unethical pageant goes to Richard Stoodle! Me. For absolutely no good reason. I'm the prettiest one.
3: Congratulations, Mr. Stoodle. I'm finally the prettiest one somewhere. <laughs> I feel so. Join us
0: live on Facebook this Saturday to help solve the mystery of who the elf killed John Bonet on Christmas Day.
2: you guys heard the lady join us on facebook live this saturday for our first live episode just type in unethical podcast into your search bar to find our group to come and join us and leave your comments and contribute to the conversation we are so excited to talk to you guys live and to hear your opinions we cannot wait and we hope that you'll join us
3: Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Baby, I got your money. Hey,
4: dirty.